So this morning, uh, I want to complete the month with the theme that we started about being thankful. And this is actually a message I'd intended to share the week that uh, I was under the weather. I've entitled this Three Times Thankful. And our study this morning comes from Colossians chapter 3, where Paul has been admonishing the believers in Colossae to live lives in keeping with the new person they have become in Christ, this beautiful person that he has made in Christ. So before we get into this, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our gracious Father, we do give you praise for changing us, taking our sin away, and giving us life. Father, as we look at this this morning, and we ask you to speak to us, encourage us, motivate us, challenge us, and help us, Father, in the midst of all of this, to truly be thankful. And we ask it in your Son's name. Amen. So you've, you've probably never heard of this. It's something called uh, paraphilic infantile, infant, I can't say it, infantilism, that's the word, I couldn't get it out. Paraphilic infantilism. Anybody know what that is? I didn't think so. It's very uncommon, and the last person I read about who was who had this, it was back in the headlines in, in uh, 2019. His name is Sean Russell Miller. He was 24 years old at the time. And Sean, when he's home, lives his life as a baby. He wears diapers, he sucks on a pacifier, and his lifelong dream is to be able to stay home all day and be a baby. Now, I remember reading a story back in 2012 about another man. His name was Stanley Thornton, who was 30 years old at the time. He, he, uh, he weighed about 350 pounds, big guy. He wore a diaper, sucked on a pacifier. He slept in a crib, a huge crib. And he sat in a giant high chair while a retired nurse would feed him. He wanted to live his life as a baby. Now, there are a lot of people in this world who see themselves as something they are not. Uh, these days, we have men who identify as women and women who identify as men. And there are children who are being encouraged to see themselves the same way. And then there are the children who identify as animals. At school, they identify themselves as cats and dogs. And the school lets them. 
And at lunchtime, when all the other children are sitting around the table eating, these children crawl on all fours over to a bowl on the floor and eat. Now, this is all very unnatural, to say the least. But it's not only happening more and more, but it's being pushed by strong forces in our world as not only natural, but to be encouraged. So now, what does all this have to do with our message this morning? But to put it simply, if you have been born again, you were made a new creation in Christ, and that is who you are. Don't go back and identify as that old person you used to be. That old person has died. You are a new creation in Christ. So Paul writes, consider yourselves dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. Put aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech. Lay aside the old self with its evil practices. In other words, again, you have been made a new creature. We have been made a new creature in Christ. And that is who we are now. So be who you are in Christ. Live who you are in Christ. And that brings us to our text this morning. Again, Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to begin reading at verse 12. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. How do we live who we are in Christ? How do we do this? Well, we're to be like Jesus. Paul says there in verse 4 of that chapter, He is our life. We are not to turn back to the old self and be that person anymore. We are a new creation. We've been made beautiful, as the song says, in Christ. 
don't turn and identify with the old person, the old man. We are to live as Christ lived because that's who we are now. We are to put on the heart of Christ. So how how will we live when we put on the heart of Christ? How will we live? Well, Paul enumerated this for us. Number one, we'll be compassionate. When everyone around us is on the edge of their seat just waiting to judge and condemn, we will instead be ready to show compassion. Because Jesus was compassionate. And like Jesus, we will be kind. When people all around us are mean-spirited, ready to lash out at the slightest little offense, we will be kind. Because Jesus was kind. We will be humble. When people around us are self-centered, thinking only of themselves, we will be humble. And that doesn't mean we will be weak, but it does mean we will not put ourselves above others and we will not look down on them. Because Jesus was humble. He had the power of heaven at his fingertips, but he was humble. And thus, He was approachable. We will be gentle while those around us raise their voice in indignation and reprimand and put others down. We will be gentle and be open to try to understand and give wise counsel because Jesus was gentle. And he reached out to understand and to help others. We will be patient. While others turn their back and walk away, we will stay and listen and give others our time. Because Jesus was patient. He could have turned his back on each of us But instead, he waited for us. We will bear with others and forgive them. While others give up on people and write them off as unworthy of their attention, we will keep the door of our heart open, even when others do not seem to care. Because Jesus forgave us, Even when we did not yet understand, still he kept his heart open to us. And we will love others. While the world is full of people who care about, only about themselves, and have little time for anyone who can't give them something, we will love people and lift them up in our prayers and be there to reach out to them and do good for them 
and to them because Jesus gave his life for others. Everything he did, he did for others for their good. And we will let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. While the world around us roils and in chaos and evil pervades, we will not be shaken or overcome because Jesus is our rock, our sure foundation. His word is true and his promise is true and darkness will not overcome us. And we will be thankful. Thankful that he has made us like him. All these things we just enumerated, that's the way Christ was and he made us he recreated us so we could be those things. So we could be gentle and patient and bear with others and forgive them and love them and be kind and compassionate. And all these attributes of Christ, those are our attributes now. And we should be thankful that God has put that within us. Compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, patient, forgiving, and loving. And with this peace in our heart, we shall be thankful that He is in us and we are in Him. Three times to be thankful, that's the first time. The second time to be thankful is found in verse 16. Where Paul writes, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now there's an important point to understand here, uh, and it's very easy to overlook when you read this passage. A man was sitting on a park bench one afternoon. He'd been out for a walk around the lake and decided to sit down and just relax and enjoy the scenery a little bit. After a few minutes, another man came by and asked if he could sit down too, and the first man said, sure. So they sat there silent for a few moments and Finally, the first man said, so what do you do? And the second man said, well, I'm a mechanic. I love working on cars. I have a shop over on Fifth Street. I learned a lot from my dad, but I also went to trade school for a couple of years. How about you? And the first man replied, oh, well, I'm a doctor. I've been a doctor for about 15 years now. I didn't learn it from my dad. No, I went to college for four years, and then I got a master's degree, and then I went to medical school for several years, and I got my degree, and I graduated with honors. I've got a plaque hanging on my wall. Yeah, I'm a doctor. Then the second man asked, so where's your office? And the first man replied, I don't have an office. 
I go over here to the library every day and I read medical journals. I'm a wealth of knowledge. I keep learning and learning, so, you know, I guess I need to get back over there and do my reading. I just wanted to take a break and come down here and sit for a while. It's nice meeting you. I wish you the best in your work and good health. If I might uh, fall back on a slogan I have shared with you numerous times, it's not what you know, it's what you do about what you know. Paul writes, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. And there are a lot of people who stop right there. They get the knowledge and they're very proud of themselves for all they know about the word of Christ. But Paul didn't stop there. He goes on. Because it's not what you know, it's what you do about what you know. We are to take this knowledge, this word, this wisdom of Christ, and we are to use it to teach and to admonish others. And then, of course, in our corporate worship, we get to sing His praises. And in doing so, encourage one another with the Word of Christ. And we're to do all of this with thankfulness. We're to be thankful that we have the knowledge of Christ. Thankful, not in a proud way, but thankful that we can use it that God has allowed us to learn it so that we can use it not only in our lives, but in the lives of others. So we can teach and admonish. We are to teach and admonish others, giving praise to God with thankfulness in our hearts. We are to be thankful not only to know the word of Christ, but for the opportunity to share the word of Christ with others and with one another. And the final point of thankness, thankfulness rather, is basically a summation of everything that Paul's been talking about. You might call this his explanation point. Paul writes, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. As believers, washed in the blood of the Lamb, having been changed, born again, the old self dead, the new self alive in Christ, He is in us, and we are in Him, and thus we can now be like Him in all that we say and do. Therefore, we are to be thankful. Not only are we to be thankful, Paul says we are to give thanks to God, the Father. 
that last phrase of Paul's admonishment, I think is very, very important. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. I would submit to you that simply giving mental assent is not enough. Just thinking it, I don't think is enough. Because you see, in our humanity, if we just think it, it easily becomes a passing, fleeting thought, which easily becomes lost and forgotten in all that we are pressed upon by in our busy lives. If we just had that moment when we, th we think it, it passes, it's fleeting, it's overcome. That's our humanity, that's the way we are. I would submit to be consciously thankful. We need to practice expressing thankfulness verbally. Now you, you may initially think, well, what's the difference? When I see my wife, I can think, I love you. But how much different it is, how much more powerful it is when I say it, I love you. We need to verbalize our thanksgiving. Every moment that you, ch you could choose to turn back to the old self, but you don't, say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Say it for you and for the Lord. Every time you show compassion or kindness or humility or gentleness or patience or forgiveness or love, Every time you do that, say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I was able to do that. Thank you for putting that in me. Say it for you. Say it for the Lord. When the world around you churns and roils and chaos and evil seem to be pressing and surrounding you, but you're letting the peace of Christ control you? Say it. Thank you, Lord. I see all this going on around me, but I've got your peace. Thank you. Say it for you, and say it for the Lord. When you have the opportunity to share Christ, and you do. And you teach and you admonish someone. And when you have the opportunity to lift your voice and sing praises, say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me have that opportunity. Thank you for letting me share your love with someone else. And thank you for allowing me 
to lift up your praises. Say it. Say it for you. Say it for the Lord. Three times to be thankful. And we're going to close by... singing that song we've sung for the past two or three Sundays. Give thanks. Let's stand and sing. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks. Help us in our walk each day to live thankfully, not only by what we say, but by what we do. And we ask it in your Son's precious name, thanking Him. Amen.